Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is a Final Four edition of All Ball. And um, we got a great guest for you. His name is Mike Henn. Uh, Mikey Henn is, he's the Tommy boy of college basketball, right? Seven years, five schools. We take you through each one of them. And I will tell you that, you know, talking to his coaches at Penn State, they loved him. But if you listen to his tale, I'm sure there's probably all the classic signs, which many of us had when we played, where you don't know where the relationship went bad with your coach, but you were in, you end up ending on on terms that you don't like. So, I mean, there's not a true pattern there because some schools he went to when their first building, and some one he had to leave when it was all and when the coach's run was ending. But uh, there's a COVID year in there. There's a little bit of everything. So we'll get to that in a moment. Let me first give you my thoughts on on this final four. You know. We're going to do this thing in the, um, in the sugar. I'm going to start calling things the sugar media, right? And the sugar media is the, what is sugar, right? Makes you feel good in a very short period of time. You know, fills you up with those, with those weak carbs. And makes you, makes you feel good for just a short, short period of time. When the reality is that, I don't want to say traditional media or whatever, but the way I look at it, you have to tell the entire story. Even if the entire story isn't great. In this case, the entire story is very different from the one that you're going to be told uh, or the one that some college coaches want to convince themselves of. And maybe, maybe what Miami has created with the help of John Ruiz, maybe that's the future. I don't want to be a dinosaur and sit here and tell you that you can't buy a team, but there are plenty of teams that were put together through NIL that didn't accomplish not just what Miami is accomplishing in the Final Four, but even what Alabama accomplished or Arkansas accomplished getting to the Sweet 16. But Arkansas is a great example of two things. Obviously, NIL, but I would also point out that it's really hard to win with young players because of the Mike Hens of the world, right? I mean, a 19-year-old kid who's going to be a very good player versus a 24-year-old kid who's going to be better, who's going to be better in one game. And that's a better answer than, oh, the team that spent the most in NIL. What I think the new NIL rules are going to try to accomplish, although my guess is they don't accomplish, is limiting to one transfer. That's the big thing, the one transfer. 
And if you're listening to this and you're a basketball coach in college, you already know what, what the deal is, right? Kids who are highly recruited, they try and, you know, draw out the biggest number in NIL. And then after spending as short a period of time at one school as possible, then they put themselves in the market. And once they get what's on the market, then they try and get on the market again and again and again. It's, it's not dissimilar from what professional athletes should do, which is be a free agent as often as possible. But that's where a collective bargaining agreement already has things set in place where you're not a free agent year after year after year. That, that's There's a narrative out there that this is like professional sports. And the answer is that's not true because professional sports, you're not a free agent every year. And, you know, depending upon the sport, baseball, you don't reach any sort of free agency until year four. You make very little money throughout that that process of time. But ultimately, there can be a payoff for stars. So we're in this weird time where nobody knows what anybody's actually truly making. Coaches aren't supposed to, administrators aren't supposed to know what the NIL would actually be paying. NIL is supposed to be for your name, image, and likeness, but really, mostly, it's pay for play. and the numbers being thrown around are obscene, but we don't know the reality to them at all places because many claim they got half or even a quarter of what they thought they were going to get before going to said school. So there's a lot of different aspects of this out there. But the big one I want to get to is, can we point out that while Miami does have Nigel Pack, there are some, you know, Wong was 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 clearly taken care of because he had an outstanding year last year. And the NIL is having, on many levels, a positive impact in keeping Hunter Dickinson at Michigan, for example, and many more. But the other part to it is, hey, look, UConn was a recruited team. They're not going out spending in NIL. Um, San Diego State had transfers, but it's they're not transfers based upon NIL and going for some big check. You got many guys who uh, they just want to step up a level, and maybe they aren't at the highest level on their own before they got to San Diego State, but with the tenacity they play with, playing to their strengths, the depth and the numbers, they're able to finally get break through and get to a Final Four. I, I would say that the reason San Diego State hasn't achieved this in the NCAA tournament previously is they just haven't had that good a player. And you say, well, well there's Kawhi Leonard. Outside of Kawhi, I mean, I love Xavier Thames. He's awesome. But there's a reason he wasn't in the NBA, right? So if, and I mean, what, what's the difference in Gonzaga this year and the two previous Gonzaga years? You had a pro, you had a dude. San Diego State has been this good, if not even better defensively for years. What's the difference this year? Well, they don't really have a pro, but also the teams they went against outside Alabama was just too young and shot the ball poorly. You know, they're just suffocating defensively. It's not like Creighton has pros that are just putting the ball on the deck and making you one-on-one. They're able to win a game. But the, the, the bigger thing is that between UConn and San Diego State and FDU, okay, these are not high-level, buy-a-team NIL, NIL guys. And it's very important. The sugar media is going to buy into the, hey, look what Miami's doing. This is what everybody's doing. The reality is that's not what's been done. Now, again, I'm not a dinosaur. It's not that I don't know what's going on in the market, the transfer market, and how times are changed. 
I'm just telling you the reality is that that thing, putting together a team by buying a player from another team is a lot harder, clearly, than anyone could conceptualize before it started happening. All right, let, let's get you to Mike Ken. Just finished up his career at Penn State. He joined me from his apartment. And take a listen to his tale. Um, it looks like you're in an apartment. You're not in a dorm, are you? No, I'm in an apartment. Okay. I just, just, just checking. Um, you're a Bellevue kid, right? Like what, what was your, yep. what, what was high school AAU like for you? Yeah. So I played, um, I went to Bellevue high school. Um, I had some opportunities to go play in the Metro league. Uh, Rainier beach wanted me to come play with them. I decided to stick it out all four years at Bellevue. Um, and then AAU, I played for FOH, Friends of Hoop, all growing up. And us and Rotary were the two top teams in the area for a long, long time and still are. Um, you know, Rotary tried to get me to come play UIBL, but I just stayed true with FOH and had a great experience with both programs, honestly. So uh, your friend, your Friends of Hoop program, who was on your team? Uh, Corey Kispert's the name that everybody's going to know. Uh, we had other players too. Michael Carter ended up going to, um, University of Washington before he bounced around a little bit. We had other guys go division two. We had a, we had a really good team, but we had, a lot of us had played together all of high school in AAU. So that's why we had the success that we did my 17 year year. You, um, um, so, so your senior year, how good were you guys in high school? Uh, our my best high school team was my junior year. We had um, MVP of our league on our team, Gunther. He went to Army. Um, Kyle Foreman ended up going to Boston University, and then Zach Moore played at um, Seattle U and a couple other schools. And then Sharif went to Seattle Pacific as well to good division two. So our starting five was, we were as good as anybody in the state. Um, we ended up playing Rainier beach in the district championship when they had, it was DeJounte Murray, Ivy Smith, Kevin Porter, Shadid Shabazz. They were really good. Um, lost to them in our district championship and just how the WIA is set up. We ended up playing them in the first round of the state tournament and lost again. So, that was our probably our best high school team. So, what was your what was your recruitment like? Uh, recruitment was it was pretty slow until my seventeen U summer. Um, Cameron Dollar and Seattle U they were kind of on me the whole time since I was a freshman. Um, I don't know if Cam ever like gave me a formal offer, but it was always kind of like, "Hey, come play for me." Um, but in once that 17 U year hit, we ended up playing in all those tournaments in July and we went down to Anaheim, made it all the way to the championship game. We beat, um, we were the last team to beat the ball brothers all high school. Uh, we beat access from Tacoma, Washington, who had, uh, Jacob McLaughlin and Malachi Flynn and lost to Cali Supreme. But in those, in that tournament, I was just, I mean, I was going crazy. I was hitting threes, dropping dimes. I was dunking on people. And like at that point, uh, when the scouts started to see me like 
really play like that, they got excited, and that's when a bunch of my offers began to come in. So why'd you choose Denver? Uh, well, I started at I started at UC Davis in Northern California. Okay, wait, wait. okay, so okay, so your first year you go rundown. So, okay, wait, so, that's right. Okay, so I got the, I got the order confused. So you so okay, so Jim Les, what what about Jim Les and UC Davis was like? I want to go there. Yeah, so it was just unique opportunity. The uh, they had they had been putting a really good program together before I got there. Um, they had won the regular season in the Big West and had been real competitive. And just the makeup of the team, you had a lot of experience. We had a fifth-year point guard. We had a sixth-year big guy, really good junior college players, um, and some people that had just been in the program. And it was just the fit, the way they played, um, and just what my role was going to be within that. I just I knew we were going to have um, a special team. And so – I ended up committing before my senior year uh, high school started. I committed early um, and, you know, went to, went to Davis, had a great year there. Awesome, awesome school. Basketball wise, we were finished second in the conference. Uh, we lost to UC Irvine on the last day of the regular season by 30 at their place, came back the next week Um beat Fullerton in the semifinals of our conference tournament and then beat uh, Irvine to go to the dance. And from there, we played um, played in the play-in in Dayton, played North Carolina Central, took care of that one, and then got matched up with Kansas and Tulsa, played uh, Josh Jackson, Speed McCulloch, Frank Mason, Devontae Graham. They had a great team. So that was that was quite an experience my first year. Um, what uh... – what was your role like on the team? Uh, so early on, you know, roles kind of get determined as the year goes on. Early on in the year, I was playing really well. Like first 10, 12 games of the season, I was averaging between 10 and 12 points and about five rebounds on 50% shooting. So I played really well to start the season. Um, and then as it went on, Coach Les leaned on the older guys. I was still in the rotation playing, but not quite as much. And, you know, caught our groove and played well. So I was, you know, I was in that position and I was playing, I was the only guy on our team playing as a freshman. And, you know, I was, I was excited for what was to come. Um, so, so why leave? So got into it, um, you know, go finish up at the tournament. All is good. All is happy. We have our end of season meetings and like, you know, went into the meeting, head held high, like just excited for what was to come. And we began talking about things and I don't know what made the meeting go south, but all of a sudden coach was just saying some things to me that I didn't agree with. And the meeting ended with him uh, saying he'd be happy for me to enter the portal. So that went on in that meeting. I still don't really know what triggered all that. However, you know, I had some time to reflect and think about it before I entered the portal and coach Les wouldn't even give me a conversation after that meeting. So I felt like that was where I stood with him that, you know, trying to pursue something else probably would better suit me. And so ended up 
entering the transfer portal and then transferred down to uh, Cal Baptist, played for Coach Croy. So do you, do you think he ran you off? Like he had somebody else in mind for your scholarship, and that's 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 why all of a sudden it went went from you playing to now ask telling you to go in the portal. Or? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was that. I don't know if just tensions were high or if pride was a thing. Or I, you know, still to this day, we I haven't spoke to him since that, really. So um, I'm sure someday. We will have a talk about it, but um, at this point in time, I'm not not entirely sure because after after my class, we had the my class at the time was the highest recruited class at Davis was me and uh, my roommate Peter Hewitt. They essentially asked us both to leave. We left, and the two classes after everybody also transferred. So he lost three classes in a row, and yeah. It's kind of a wild time, honestly. So, uh, what 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 was the portal like? Your first portal experience. What was that like? Uh, my first portal experience. It you know it was good. I had some I had some good opportunities. It was you know it was nice. I had some really good tape together as a freshman playing on an NCAA tournament team. So I had some programs that um, were interested. Uh, wasn't wasn't power five interest, but they were good teams. Um, and I ended up heading down to Cal Baptist because I just kind of knew the situation. The year that I transferred down there, um, I knew I was going to probably end up redshirting. And then uh, I was going to be, you know, playing significant minutes in their first year of division one. And it was exciting. You know, it was brand new arena, um, going into the whack, and you know, I was familiar with the coaching staff, so I ended up heading down there. What was what was he like as opposed to Coach Less? Right, like what was the difference in styles in terms of coaching and approach? Um, so I would say Coach Less, like Coach Less, phenomenal X and O's. Like X and O's, if you need to play for a bucket, he's going to draw something up, and you're going to get something great. Um, Croy is a lot more of a motivator. Like you're going to want to run through a brick wall for him, but you know, X's and O's and that types of thing. It's going to be more delegated to the staff. Um, You know, they're both very competitive, very like fierce competitors. So like you don't want to be on either of their bad sides, but when you're on their good sides, it's pretty good thing. So you, what was the year like when you sat? Uh, you're like, when I sat was like, it was pretty tumultuous actually. Um, so I got down there and I'd been having a little bit of trouble with my ankle. Um, had an ankle sprain during the season at Davis and it kind of, it nagged me, but it eventually got better. And then when I went down right before I was going down to CBU, um, I had just slightly tweaked it again. And when we got uh, into training camp and everything working out. Um, I just, I realized that something was wrong. And so we began to get some, get some tests done and just see what was going on with it. Um, and I had a bunch of bone spurring in my ankle joint. So I ended up having a surgery with a doctor. I would say I got into it too fast. I probably should have gotten to somebody else who had a clearer direction with what they were going to do with the surgery, but 
it was local. Ended up having that surgery, rehab my way all the way back into the spring. And unfortunately, my foot was still bad. Um, they hadn't taken care of what they needed to take care of. So I was in line for another operation, which I got done that spring in April. Um, so that was, so you basically, that was crazy you basically did, trying to work you out. Can't do it. To, you're just, yeah, you're just kind of rehabbing the whole year and not playing. Right. So what'd you do with your time? Yeah. yeah so I was, I mean, I, well, I was, you know, like coach Croy, he's not one of those coaches where he's like, Hey, we're going to practice. You go rehab. He's like, Hey, we have practice. You're going to come watch practice. So watch every single practice, every, every single day rehab before and after. So my days were long days, but that group of that group of kids that we had on that team, the older guys, it was a good group. It was a really good team to be a part of because they went all the way to the uh, elite eight for division two. So it was good to be a part of that winning culture. Um, it was unfortunate that I was dealing with my foot because, um, you know, in your retro year, you're just trying to get better and get in great shape and do all those things. And I was, you know, back and forth due to the um, injury troubles. So you so you come back for your second year, right? But you get a chance to play, right? Yeah. Or is your foot, or is your foot still messed up? Well, my foot was – well, that's the craziest part about it was my foot was still messed up, but I played that entire year. Um we got back. So we got, got out there in the summer, trained all summer, was getting in great shape. Wasn't doing a lot of like team on the court stuff. Cause I was still right. rehabbing. Um, and you know, eventually, eventually got back, had a great fall training session, gotten some of the best shape I've been in my life. I was playing, playing the three, four. Um, and I was, you know, I was set to, Said to have a good year, and I did have a good year there. Um, but my foot nagged me the whole time. Like I could just tell something was still wrong with it. You know, we had we had a great, great year that first year at CBU. I think still to this day we have the best first year record of a incoming Division One team. I think we we're like sixteen and fifteen. But I mean, we came in and we battled. We played. Uh, New Mexico State, our first game in conference at home, and we beat them, and they didn't lose a game the rest of the season. Um, you know, we had some had some good wins like that and went through some growing pains as a team because that transition from Division Two to Division One is a real thing, you know? Yeah. But yeah. all in all, all in all was a good year. We were eligible for a postseason tournament, um, all that type of deal. Um, but – Unfortunately, I was still dealing with my ankle during that time. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so then you go, come back for 1920, and what happens? Yeah, so 1920, so in the so in the spring – in the spring of that year, after I had played that season at Cal Baptist, um, the staff kind of they knew that my foot was still messed up, and so did I. And I mean, ultimately, just like everything I had gone through there, I it kind of from both parties decide we decided that like it was best for me not to uh, be with the team the next year. Um, a lot of stuff that went into that. I was welcome back, but it was it was no longer a work environment for me that was going to be conducive for my basketball career, my health. And How so, come? so I ended up um, stepped away from the team. Got my got my surgery on the calendar to finally fix my ankle. Um, that wasn't until September. So got to get home. I was home during the summer, was taking junior college classes, just training, had my surgery in September, went back down to Cal Baptist just as a student in the fall, and I graduated in December. So so you weren't even part of the team. So what what happened? You're growing up now. Like yeah. Jim Les thing, you thought it was good, then all of a sudden it went bad. Like were you super defensive? Were you defiant? You know, like what 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 was it? I was you know, I was I was young at the time, like, but Croy, just in the way that he was doing things then, and I don't know if he's still acting that way now, but it was his way or the highway on a lot of stuff. And, you know, I felt like the two prior surgeries that I had had, I didn't have too much say in who I was going to see for my doctor. And, it just wasn't – it was back and forth, like, determining whether or not they wanted me back. One day they were like, God, you had such a great year for us. You're such a big part of this team. We're so excited to have you back. And the next day it was like, well, you need to do this and that and that and this. And I'm like – it was so bipolar and it was just unhealthy. You never knew what you were going to what you were going to expect out of it and what you were going to get from them on any given day. And I just knew for me, the best thing for my basketball career in my life was just to finally fix this injury because it was holding me back from what I really needed to be doing. And I thought in order to do that, getting the surgery done on my own terms and rehabbing on my own terms was going to be the best outlet for me. And so I basically just, basically just chose myself bet on myself and you know separated myself from a sure thing to something that was very much up in the air and you know during that during that year it was difficult uh you know third surgery having to come back my rehab i mean it was from i damn near rehab the whole year to get back healthy it was pretty much from september when i had the surgery till 
August, right before I reported out to the University of Portland. But so wait, wait, wait so it was a so big you, year, right? So so you, I mean, all these things you're doing, right? Now you're now you're by yourself. What yeah. was it like at Cal Baptist when you have you're not part of a team? You're still like yeah, on the scholarship, but you're not on the team. It was uh, it was different. It was different. Um, you know, being a part of a team in college, that's what you're used to. Um, but at the same time, like, it was different. I would say some, it could be uncomfortable, but my teammates had so much love for me that it wasn't in that aspect. Um, did you live, did you live with the guys? School no, I lived in my own space, lived in my okay. own space. And so. I mean, from a school from a school standpoint, it was great because for the first time in my whole college career, I could really just lock in on school, right? So right. that piece was easy. Um, having the free time was nice because you know how demanding a Division One schedule is, you know. So that was another piece that a lot of that a lot of that gave me a lot of perspective. And you know, even once I graduated and went home. Um, I was working. I was driving. Not only was I rehabbing, working on my game, doing all these things, I was driving Uber because my uh, my mom was unemployed at the time. So I was helping. I was helping us out driving Uber, doing that type of thing. So I also what kind of car? To, what kind of car? What kind of car are you an Uber driver in? I was driving a Chrysler. Driving a okay. Chrysler three hundred. Yeah, but I mean, it was cool. It was like had all this college stuff, graduated and, you know, stepped into the real world for a second. So my eyes opened up to a lot of things before the second phase of my college career. <laughs> what, uh, what was the, what was, give, give me a, give me an Uber, give me an Uber story, a story of you driving Uber, any of them. Somebody goes, what was uh, like, driving Uber? what's the story? Man, it was great. Uber was great. Like it was just, it's just fun. I'm a people person. So you're having all types of people in your car all the time. Some people want to talk, some people don't. And this is during COVID too. So like the mask thing was crazy. People were all bundled up. Like they didn't really want any, some people didn't want a PCU. Other people were like, oh my God, I get to talk to somebody. Like they loved it, you know? Um, but I mean, really all the, all the fun stories are just like, you know, you go like in Seattle, you go pick people up in Capitol Hill and they're like, they're drunk out their minds and you're trying to, they got like six people trying to pile in your car. And I'm like, I'm like, whatever, like y'all, y'all are good. Like, let's go. We're playing music. Like we're just, you know, having a good time with people. So did anybody ask, anybody ask like, what, what, what do you do? Like, what do you do? Like I'm a basketball player. Like, why are you driving Uber? Yeah. Cause like I had a, I had a picture of me in my Jersey as my Uber picture. So they were like, they were like, what are you doing driving Uber? Like, do you, don't you play basketball? And I was like, like, yeah, man, like I just, you know, just finished up and I gave my story, like finished up my undergrad, I'm about a grad transfer, I'm rehabbing, doing all this stuff. And, you know, right now I'm just driving Uber, making some money. So it's crazy. Um, okay. So how did you, how did you, did you go in the portal to go to Portland? How did you come to, come to go to Portland? Yeah. Yeah. So I went, I went in the portal. I went in the portal. So I went in the portal that past spring, 2019 spring. I went in the portal, but I knew that my foot was bad. I knew that I needed to have my surgery. I knew all that stuff. So like schools had reached out to me initially, but 
it, it wasn't going to be the best option for me to transfer and try to finish my undergrad. Um, so right when I, right when I finished up at CBU, um, that's really when my recruiting picked up. And I think, I think that COVID helped me as well because all of a sudden it was like high school seasons got short, you know, the college season got cut off and I had this, all this film from this full season from before. So by the time March rolled around, I'm probably talking to 30 programs and like it was, you know, everything from power five to the lowest major you could think of. Right. And it was just, it was crazy, but Portland, they, they began to get real serious about me in like April, May. And I liked the, uh, I liked the thought of playing close to home. Um, I always thought the WCC would be a good conference for me. And it was, um, and but this is during, know, this Portland. is during, co- this is during COVID, right? Yeah. But you know, that was, that was the tricky part. I had all these, you know, I had had all these schools talking to me. I wasn't real familiar with any of them except Portland. I had been on their campus in high school, you know, like I, I had a, I had a feel and just in talking to the coaches and stuff, I knew that it would be a good um, place for me to be. And so I ended up going there, you know, no visits, uh, no nothing. What, a lot what, of <laughs> okay. So, so, but you, you go there, but what were you doing during COVID? Because that year where you're yeah, sitting so, out, during COVID, I was I was lucky enough to have a great, great, great like rehab team working with me. Um, one of my family friends, since I was young, they run a they run a rehab facility and uh, in Bellevue area in Mercer Island, and so I got linked up with them, and I was fortunate enough that you know Cal Baptist had paid for my surgery and paid they've been paying for my uh my visits to the uh rehabilitation so that whole time i'm in there two three times a week getting my strength back getting my like getting back into running doing all these things and initially i had time to you know go to my gym at home work with some of my trainers just start to get some of my skill work back in but once covid hit I mean, we had to figure it out. Like, we just had to figure it out. So I had a couple of my buddies from UW, Noah Neubauer and Nas Carter. We would go. I mean, we'd go to any park we could every single day, and we were just we were just playing ball. Didn't matter. Were they if we open? Were, were they were they open? We the courts that we were at, yes. So like Nas and them, where they lived, they had a court right out back from their house. So we'd go play there. There was a court at um, the middle school down from my house at Chinook Middle School where I went to middle school. It was covered area, double rims, whatever, but we just – we got working. And so we just we just pulled together as many players as we could from the area as this progression went on. And, like, we were playing threes or we were playing fours or we were playing ones or we were getting shots up. And it was, like – it was competitive. And then towards, like – Towards May, started working with um, this pro group in Seattle, too, that I work with. And we ended up getting gym space at this elementary and this backdoor gym. 
And I mean, we were just, we just found our way to get our work in like any which way we could. Didn't matter what the ball was. Didn't matter what the court was. None of that. We were just trying to get better. Um, Okay. So then what was, but the city of Portland, like again, COVID and then all the riots, like what was that like? Yeah. Yeah. So, so right when we got out there, uh, they were like, they were like, yeah, it's probably best if you stay away from downtown. And I'm thinking like, okay, like, it, like it's bad, whatever. But, you know, because Seattle was bad at the time too. But I was like, there's no way it could be that bad. And then one night we went down there. We were just picking up some food. And like, it was like Gotham City. Like it was totally, hectic. Right? There was so many, so many people in tents, so many people just like streaking, walking down the street, like, couldn't even couldn't even fathom because growing up in the Seattle area, you're down in Portland playing in tournaments all the time. You're used to that city being so nice. And to see that, it was just crazy. But so we ended up like we go down there to get food sometimes, but I mean for the most part, we just stayed around campus for most of that year, honestly. Did you have did you have in person classes? No in person classes. Everything was online. Um, so I began, began my MBA online and they were great classes. Actually, the teachers did a really good job of getting that all together. Cause there was, that was a really good year of learning for me on that side of it. Did you, did you ever attend a class on campus at the university of Portland? No, sir. <laughs> no, one. that's amazing. Like, all these, you went to five nope. schools. You actually never went to, Okay. What, what was what was practice like for with all the protocols that year? Because because okay, so I did I did I did a WCC game at Loyola Marymount yes. that year, and they tested me. I had to send in my test stuff, but then right before I got into the gym, they tested me. So and I couldn't park anywhere near the gym, so I was like all the way over to practice. So like I normally get to the game like hour and a half before whatever. Got into traffic a little late. It was like an hour an hour before the game. So then I got to walk like thirty minutes twenty minutes. Then they got tests. Then I'm like waiting outside. They're like waiting to come get me. I mean, it was crazy. What was it like for you? So for me, um, I mean, yeah, right when we got on campus, tested. And initially, all we could do was two players at a hoop with one coach. So me and our other big Diabate, we were just getting one-on-one work in pretty much, wearing, wearing the mask, whatever. And then eventually it progressed from that. We could, you know, practice as a team, but not really practice. It was like you could do five on O. That was the max you could do. And that year in Portland, us and Portland State were the last two teams that weren't practicing. Like the, uh, I don't know if it was the governor or the mayor, but decided that it was the mayor. They decided that we just couldn't practice basketball and so we didn't have a we didn't have a real official practice until it was like two two weeks or 10 days before our first game like it was nuts so we're just so you, new you team bunch of juco guys a bunch of transfers we our first official official practice where we could get after was 10 days or two weeks before our first game and then did you guys have to wear masks or anything or or if you just go regular practice yeah yeah, we had to. I think. I think at that point we were still wearing masks. I don't know when that stopped. 
because we were wearing them for the longest working out, and that is so uncomfortable. What it? What was okay? So what was Terry Porter like? Terry Porter's one of the best human beings I've ever been around. Great in what way? Great, great human being. Like what? What made him such a great human? He just like he's just so like so charismatic. Like really loves his guys, and like he cares about you more than hoops. Um, you know, he has all that experience being in the, in the NBA and just sitting around him, listening to all his stories and everything that all his knowledge on the game. Like I soaked it up like a sponge. And I think, I think some guys on our team, they, they didn't soak up as much as I did. Um, but I love being around TP and I love playing for TP because, he counted on me and I was one of his guys and it, it was, it was easy to play for him um, just because of the concepts we ran and his trust that he put in his players. And I really did enjoy playing for Terry Porter. So how'd the year go? We started off great. <laughs> we were six and two with wins over uh, one, our rivalry game against Portland state beat a good Montana State team, and then we went to Oregon State and beat them as well early on. Um, and so, we I mean, we were real confident going into WCC play. And then I don't know what happened, but things went south. After Christmas break, we – it just – it just stopped clicking, and I don't really know what it was, to be honest. I don't know if it was personalities. I don't know if it was buy-in. Couldn't really tell you, but we ended up losing all these games in the WCC. Uh, and right when we got into a rhythm down the stretch of the year, we went down to San Diego. We were supposed to play San Diego that night, and then Santa Clara the next day, go to shoot around, come back, we had flown one of our players out because he was sick at home with the flu. We get his COVID test back and it comes back positive. So they sent us home. And a day later, they tell us that it was a misprint on the COVID test and that uh, it was, you know, it was false. So we could have played those games. Those games would have been big for us. And then we got a tough matchup in the first round of WCC, WCC tournament against Santa Clara and Jalen Williams pretty much buried us. He was like eight for nine shooting with some free throws and had about 22 points and we were close, but we just, what started off so well, it just never came together down the stretch of the year. So, so years over, then what happens? Yep. Uh, years over going through a coaching change. TP had gotten fired with a few games left and they end up bringing in Shantae Liggins from Eastern Washington. And, you know, I was, I've been familiar with, with Shantae. He had recruited me at Eastern, um, you know, so I was, I was excited, right. I was excited about the opportunity and we end up meeting as a team on a zoom and, you know, like introductory, you think your coach is going to speak for, you know, speak for a good amount of time. Shantae comes into the meeting and goes, yeah, uh, don't really know shit about you guys. Um, you know, watched a couple games here and there, but 
you know, we'll have individual meetings with you guys and we'll just figure this out. Like, and we were like, okay, like you're a new coach. That's all you got to say. Like, we we're like, what is going on? And so the meeting was about eight minutes long. Thought it was an hour. And he goes, he ended the meeting saying, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the phone with each of you by the end of the night, just to circle back. So, you know, all of a sudden days are going by and we're like, okay, where's this call from coach Legans? He said he was going to call us like what's going on. And so, uh, one by one, he basically just cut everybody on the team and sure. some people he was, uh, you know, nicer about it too. Uh, I think those were some of the guys that they were already probably intending on entering the portal and transferring. Um, but other guys like myself and our point guard, Ahmed, who averaged like 18 a game the year before. I mean, he was just such a dickhead to us. Like he was, he was telling us how bad of players we were. He was telling us, how everybody he's bringing in is better than like the way like how far he took it with us like I just I I couldn't even believe that like the athletic director was letting this stuff go on because the professionalism the professionalism of hiring a candidate like that like you got to come yep. in and be sharp you can't come in and you know how, so how did he how did how did he cut you specifically. Uh, so he finally called me. I was like, I was like out with my girlfriend at the time and he just beat her on the bush for like 15 minutes. I was like, you know, like I'm excited to play for you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he was just, he didn't say it for a while. And then finally he's like, yeah, we don't need you on this team. Like, we don't think you're good enough. We, you know, you won't play like there's no point and just like it, the way he did it, it just wasn't right. It just wasn't what's, right. What's, what's the right way? Uh, the right way to do it is just to be like, just to be straight up with the kids. Like if you're going to come in and ax a program and start new, if like you come in in that first meeting and you tell, like you tell everybody, Hey, I'm new. Like, I want to bring in my people. We have the luxury of doing that with the transfer portal. Now I'm sure you guys are great kids. Um, I will help you guys find a new home. Right. Right. That's all. That's all you want to hear. It's like, Hey man, listen, that, that's it. Listen, li- that's listen, all it needs listen. To be. right. Right. It's like, look, you tell me where you, what level you think you can play at. I'll do my absolute best to make sure you have a place to play that, that you can continue your career. Right. That's the right way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, because at the end of the day, it's it's a business, just like anything else. And you know, moves like that are understandable if you're able to just communicate properly. Um. So now you're back in the portal. Back in the portal. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> do you know? Do you know how many years you have left? I don't. I, I mean, I thought I knew for sure I had one. I knew for sure I had one, but I had thought that that COVID year was potentially an opportunity, but at this point I was just taking it a year at a time. And so recruiting process goes going through the recruiting process again. I'm like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, (laughs) um, but I ended up, you know, getting a call from, uh, coach Dunson at Denver, um, 
Coach Wolverine had come in. Dunson was his first assistant. He was a head assistant. And we just kind of hit it off on our first phone call. Like, good people. And I knew how prestigious academically Denver was. And that was a big piece for me as well. And, you know, during this process, I was just like, you know, if I can go somewhere where I'm going to have a great opportunity to play and I can get another degree, like, it's going to be great. And so ended up, you know, choosing to go to Denver and play for Coach Wolburn and um, pursue another master's. So you, and, have, you have two master's? Okay, so I'll give you the whole rundown. When it's all said and done for me, I will have my undergraduate degree in entrepreneurship from California Baptist. Cal Baptist, okay. I will have um, – I'm already completed with my master's in real estate in the built environment from the University of Denver. Okay. I And I'm currently to be completed, which will all be completed by June. I will have my MBA with a specification in entrepreneurship and innovation management from the University of Portland and a graduate certificate in business sustainability strategy from Penn State. Damn. Um, no doctorate, though. It's kind of a letdown, no doctor. I thought you'd bring home a doctor by now. Yeah, well, maybe someday, maybe someday. <laughs> okay, so 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 Denver's all good, right? How how was your how was your team? Yeah. That was their first year. How was your team? Yeah, so I mean, it was a complete rebuild of that program. The year before yeah. we got there, they only won they won a game or two. Like it was like bottom of the bottom of the bottom, and so we had. We had a lot of good players come in. You know, we had grad transfers, um, myself, KJ Hunt, Peyton Moore. And then we had we had a great freshman class, and there was some in-between that, you know, filled it in nicely for us. And it was a good year. It was a good year. Like, individually, I had a good year for the program. We furthered the program. Um, you know, we there was a lot of players on that team that got to shine that hadn't had as much shine. Um previously in their careers and we from our expectations of our team I think we underachieved but at the same time the step forward that we took that program was huge and it spoke volumes about everybody involved so it was it was a good year out there and I enjoyed just being in the city of Denver like Denver will always have a special place in my heart this is it we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So, um, so you get done at Denver. The season's over. Did you know you yep. had another year? I did not. I at that point, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna hire an agent. I'm gonna go overseas. That's 
you know, I'm ready. And I was ready. I was ready to go play professionally. Um, but I started to think more about it. And I went home. I was kind of traveling about. I went home. And I just started kind of talking to my people. They're like, hey, man, like, like you're good enough to go power five. Like, you should, you should put your name in the portal and just see what's to come. Like, why not? And I was just kind of thinking, like, I mean, yeah, it doesn't hurt really doesn't hurt. I'm not really in a rush for anything. So went back down to school. Uh, How'd you know you had another year? That's the question. So so when I went, so that was my first, that's what I was getting to. When I first got back down to school, I went to compliance and we started talking and I was like, Hey, I was out two years with injury and I've only competed in four seasons, but with the COVID landscape that's going on, I should have that fifth season to compete. And she was like, she was like, yeah, you're going to have to put in an appeal. And I'm not sure like it's a hundred, a hundred percent, but your argument seems to be very valid with all your, all your backings. And so kind of when I heard that, I was like, all right, I'm gonna put my name in the portal. And so, you know, same day in compliance, got my papers and, um, went to went to coach Wolverine, had a good conversation with him um they they had moved on to the younger kids anyways they didn't ask for any of us older guys to come back um so we were just like you know is what it is they're going with the young kids like cool so put my name in the portal and man i was out i was out just enjoying i was working out i was down in uh Southern California. I went to Coachella. I was out there training. I was hanging out with friends. I went up to Portland, saw my other buddies graduate, you know, got back home, got some more work in. And then eventually I was back in Denver and, you know, I had a bunch of schools hitting my line, but it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of big time schools. Um, and so I was kind of leaning towards like, okay, I'm gonna go, you know, I'm going to go overseas. I'm going to go sign my agent and go overseas. Like, and all of a sudden one day I'm just, I think me and my boy Peyton were, we were just out and about at lunch, like went to Chili's or something. And we're driving back to school and boom, text from Mike Farrelly, Penn state. And he wrote this message and it said, Penn state men's basketball. And I'm reading it like, Nah, like, no way. This isn't Penn State, Penn State. And I looked at it again. I'm like, oh, shit, the time has come. <laughs> like, so, and then once once Penn State reached out, uh, it was like back to back to back to back to back. Boom, I had Notre Dame. They were like, all right, we want to get you on campus. Like, let's do this. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, all right, Notre Dame. Like, you know, and then two days later, Illinois. And then it was NC State. And it was just like. I was like, all right, like these are these are programs that it's worth taking my fifth year and doing another year of college to go be a part of. And ultimately, uh, Matthew Mayer committed to Illinois. And so that spot was gone. Um, Nate Lazuski was supposed to go to the draft last right before the deadline of the draft. He's calling Mike Bray like, hey, I'm coming back. And so they were like, shoot, man, you're out. And. NC State, I just wasn't far along enough in talks with them. And I kind of had a feeling Penn State was going to be the destination for me the whole time because 
Coach Fairley and Coach Shrewsbury did a really nice job recruiting me. And it made a lot of sense for me to go there, not only to play basketball, but academically, the program that I'm in right now, those credits are transferring back to Portland. So uh, it just, it all made sense. And so did you, when, in, in that, in that situation, okay. Where you've been everywhere. Okay. But it's a higher level than you've ever played. Do you even talk about role or is it just like, Hey, come play here. Do, do you have any sort of discussion about it? It, it it was it was role based. It was role based. What I had what I had been hearing, what was communicated to me was that I was going to play twenty twenty five minutes a game and be a big part of it because the bigs that we have are you know they're younger. Kevin's young, Meech is young, so they were thinking, boom, we're going to get a veteran Wiley guy in here to you know be just like the other veterans on our team. Um, didn't exactly end up being that way, but yeah, is what it is. So, okay, so you get there, you get to Penn State, and I've been to Penn State. To Penn State. It's an unbelievable place. It is huge, but in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of like Davis, where it's even more so in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Gigantic totally. football stadium, gigantic campus, tiny college town. What was it like? Uh, it was cool. It was a quick turnaround for me because I graduated in Denver. I finished up my classes in Denver, June 15th, went home for five days and then flew out here. Like it was just boom, moved out, all that. And so I got out here and I was like, all right, like this is, this is a cool, like this has a, like a special energy to it. Like it's just some of these college towns like this, you just don't know how cool they are until you get out there. Right. And so I got out here started working out, doing all that type of stuff. And, you know, you started to see the camaraderie of our group come together. And we, I mean, we have a team. We had a team of really good players. So summer was fun. We were just working out, having a great time, building that chemistry. You know, we were out and about, like, enjoying the town, doing all that. And, you know, I was I was happy. I was really, really happy to be out there. Um, so once that, once that summer session came and went, um, we were able to go home just for like a week, 10 days, something like that, you know, got back, got to train, got to play in the pro-am back in Seattle, like I always do. And that was always a great time. See family, you know, and then got back down in the fall out here and I got kind of, I got unlucky the last two weeks, uh, of summer ball out here, I ended up straining my quad. So I was kind of, I wasn't a hundred percent. And then right when I got out here, I got hit with COVID for the first time and I was sick for all of two weeks, like down so bad. <laughs> so my start to the year out here was, it was challenging because I was all of a sudden I was a, from the summer, I was in great shape and then boom, got hit with COVID, sick, down in bed, two weeks. So now I'm two weeks behind on basketball, lost some of my conditioning, having to fight back in school. And so the preseason, like preseason was, it was tough. It was tough. But because, you know, Shrewsbury stuff is, you got to be really in tune with everything going on because it's very high level learning and it's very simple things here and there, but everything <laughs> right. cumulative together, very high level system. And what was your first Penn state football game like? 
Amazing. I mean, amazing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, it was my first. So the first one that we went to, we had like a Saturday practice, and they had recruits and all that <clears> stuff. And Miles Dredd, we just like put on like some whatever passes and got down on the field with them. And I'm, you know, growing up in Seattle, University of Washington's your big football school. So, and UW probably holds 70,000 maybe. I walked out in Beaver Stadium and I was like, oh my God, like this is a whole, it's just a whole different deal. Like 100, 110,000 people in there screaming their heads off. Like Big Ten football is just a different beast. And so I was just in awe. And then, you know, from there, had the whiteout game. Whiteout game was crazy. Night game. And then you had the stripeout game against Ohio State. And just, you know, just that college town game day, tailgate, go to the game, hang out with your people. Like, it was it was a great thing to be a part of. All these schools you had played at, you're on the other side of guarantee games for the first time, right? Yeah. What, what's it like to be on the other side? What's it like to be the home team when these teams, these same teams you used to play at are, are coming in? Man, it feels good, especially when you know you got a good team. <laughs> like, yeah. We came out there and we were like, man, we just like, and I was just touching on this, like our preseason was real. So by the time games rolled around, we could not wait to play some basketball. And, you know, teams coming in here, we, we knew we knew what we needed to do. We were ready. Coach had us ready early in this season. And so those games, you know, did, did what we needed to do, handle business. You guys had this you guys had this really weird team, right? You're all old and <laughs> and those guys, you know, most of those guys are really accomplished, right? Like Jalen Pickle was conference player of the year at, at Siena. You got dudes that have that not not just played and traveled, but like really yeah, point guard that was a starter at at Drexel and an all league player, right? You have Nate Funk, they weren't as good at Bucknell, but he had played it. Um what was the dynamic like in that team where you have just all guys that this is all, you know, fifth year type of stuff and you're in your seventh year? What, what's that like? Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, this year was just like a – it felt like a big business trip, like the whole thing. Like we just – from the time it started and we got together, like we just had this determination that, hey, we're going to go out and win these ball games and show people who we are. And – to have all these fifth years and all the experience, it really, it really shined through, especially late in the year, as everybody saw. Um, but it was, it was fun, you know. Like you're playing with people that you know you can count on every game, and that was what was fun about it. And you know, even for me, like early on in the season, kind of getting set back, like I wasn't playing a whole lot early on, but it was still really fun to be a part of it. Um, in those early games and you could just see it you could just see it building um to where we ended up later in the year so why why weren't you playing early on uh i mean so i got i got i got behind when i had covid that it, it just really messed me up it messed my health up more than i think people know i don't think our staff really understood like how sick i was um, well, it, it's interesting so because I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, right? Like when you're at Portland and the COVID stuff is crazy, you're like, yo, this COVID stuff is crazy, right? Then you get it yourself. And you're like, wait, this is, it actually is really like, how, how sick, 
How so? Well, first, well, exactly, how did you find out? I had, I had never had it. Well, so <laughs> it's so funny. So Taj Taj Ridley, our uh, player development GA, he. You know, he's all about, you'll see him all over Instagram and stuff, talking about daily vitamins, this, that, and third, whatever. And so I got an I got an extra workout with him on our day off. And, I mean, dude was like, he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to do this. Not like, all of a sudden, I'm having this individual workout. We're going on, like, hour and a half, two hours. I'm sweating my ass off. I'm like, by the end of the workout, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm, this this ain't it. Like, something's up with me. I don't know if it was the workout or what, but all of a sudden, I'm laying, I'm laying on the couch in the locker room, just freezing, like it was weird. And so, got my COVID test, and you know, usually they take 10, 15 minutes to pop up. Mine probably took, like, probably took thirty seconds for it to pop up on the test. Like, I was super sick, and um. Yeah, <laughs> I was down. So, so wait, it's you. You were like in the training room, or you're by yourself when, when that happened. I was, I was, I was in the, I was in the training room. I was like on the couch trying to figure out what was going on with me. I ended up going home, and then I was like, my trainer was like, "Hey, we should probably COVID test you." So I went back to the building, got the COVID test, and boom, lit up, went home, and like it was like it was so bad I couldn't even I couldn't even look at screens really for that two week period. Like I had no energy. I wasn't wanting to eat nothing like that. And I was like, finally saw how real COVID is. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, when did you feel like yourself? Uh, probably, probably felt like myself. It probably took me until December realistically. Um, I would say by the time, by the time we started games, like I was pretty good to go. I had a little, I had another little um, injury bug right before the season started too. I like separated the AC joint in my left shoulder and I had a hip contusion. So I was out the week before our first game, couldn't even walk, whatever. But by the time, by the time we got into those, that probably that second game and down in Charleston, like I was, I was ready to play. I really was. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't get the opportunity. I think the first game that I really got to play in in meaningful minutes was Clemson. But I just, I just wish that I had some reps with the guys in the game before that point, you know. Um, also, also got some tick, you know, and I ended up getting some tick right before Christmas. And I had a really nice game right before Christmas. And, you know, that was, that was a point where it was like, okay. You know, like I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to play. Like, let's let's go do this thing. Um, but I really do wish I would have got some reps earlier on in the year just to build the chemistry with the guys and get the coaches' trust and all that type of deal. What was the first like? This is this is big time basketball moment. Um, I mean, really just walking in a Big Ten gym, you feel it. Like, it's just it's just different. But we went um, – when we went to Clemson, it was like – it was like, all right. Like, it was it was rocking in there, sea of orange. You were like, okay, we're supposed to – and we were playing with them. So, it was like, okay, we're supposed to be here. You know, like, a lot of guys that, you know, me, Funk, and Cam, like, we hadn't, you know, been on a Power 5 team yet. So, 
at that point we were like, yeah, yeah, we're supposed to be here. Like, this is cool stuff. Um, but really probably, probably Illinois, probably the Illinois game in the, in December. Cause we walked into their first big 10 road game and like, you know, it was hostile. It was hostile. And like, you just felt it. But I mean, those are the games that you have the most fun. And we went out there and whooped their ass. So like, <laughs> it was just, it was great. But I mean, the playing in the big 10 is awesome. You're playing a great team every night. Like that's, that's what you ask for. No, no question. And they're all great arenas are all big, you know, yeah. everything matters. And the game, the games matter. Uh, so, right, your 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 favorite place you played was where? That's it. Okay, I your favorite. Every place, every place has a special place in my heart, but overall, I would say this has been my most meaningful year. Um, least favorite place you played? Cal Baptist. Okay, it wasn't. It, was, it wasn't a good time for me. It wasn't um, having the having the injury bug and all that was not it. Um, okay. Favorite, give me the, uh, your favorite road trip, not uh, road gym that you played in, not in the Big Ten, before you got to the Big Ten. Favorite road gym I played in, not in the Big Ten. Uh, yeah. We played at Cal Berkeley, and I I just liked playing in their gym. I don't know what it was. It was just, Cal Berkeley had a good feel. And we played a good we played a good team when we played them. It was like Charlie Moore and uh, Jabari Bird and some and Ivan Rab. Like it was a good team. Yeah, uh, the other gym that was fun. Yeah, the other gym that was fun. Like Grand Canyon's just like a party. Like, yeah. Well, that's what Cal Baptist is trying to copy Grand Canyon, right? Yeah, but the only difference is the you know the the Baptist element of it. You're not quite gonna have that rowdy of a crowd. Grand Canyon is like a Christian school, so supposedly, supposedly like it's, like it's Christian, Christian, but I, I think they, I, I want to say they sell liquor in their arena. Um, okay, F- favorite Big Ten road, P- favorite Big Ten road game. Um, Ohio State was great. Northwestern was great. Um, I love playing in Purdue just because I love being the underdog and to go into. To go in and play at the number one, like that was just a cool experience, you know. What well, what was it like to guard Zach Eady? It was fun, man. I was out there playing football for real. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm nowhere near, you know, I'm six eight, two forty. He's seven four, three hundred. Like, but I mean, I'm a fighter, man, so we have fun. I mean, me and him both I mean, how many games were there? Three? We were we were joking the whole time because we were just beating the crap out of each other. And so I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I love I love the competition. Like I I really shined through in that Michigan game because we were, you know, we were playing against Hunter Dickinson. And I was like, it was my first start of the year. And I was like, was man, I'm gonna go shit? take it to him. He was talking was a little good. bit. I was talking too, you know, but wasn't much to say because we were killing him, you know. <laughs> it was one of those. Um, but but that was just fun. You know, playing great players is always fun. Why not play football? Uh, I totally could have played football. Totally could have. I went to my first offer. It wasn't, you know, it was just word of mouth from our head football coach at the time. I was 15 years old, and it was from Oregon. Um. 
So I had I had Oregon Boise State, Oregon State lining up to offer me, and I hadn't even played a varsity snap. My fr- my freshman year, our high school, Bellevue High School, we finished number one in the country for football. And uh, you know, we had Miles Jack and Buda Baker, and we had some really great players on our team, a bunch of guys that played power five, but at the end of the day, like coming where I come from, you got to choose up pretty much like football's year round or basketball's year round. And sure. like my direct community, Bellevue had such a strong football culture, but growing up playing hoops in Seattle is a special thing too, you know? And I feel like my love has just always been with the game of basketball. But, but you're at, at Penn state. Could you play a year at Penn state in football? Uh, I don't have any eligibility, but. Could I play? You know? Yeah, I could. I, I could play power five football. I would say Jalen scored more in the post than you did this year. I didn't like get that. any post catches. I know. I don't think they you guys see. Was our, you you got one. He was you our center in the semi. In the se- I know he was. He, that people would call him a point guard. I was like, he's not the point guard. No. <laughs> I did. Um, I got one in the. I got one in the conference tournament because I had a mismatch and Jalen yes. actually threw me the ball and I scored. Yes. You know. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, so you, you 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 start in the NCAA tournament, you end in the NCAA tournament, right? What was yes, it sir. like knowing it's your last time around um, a week ago playing in the NCAA tournament? You know, I really I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was really really special. Just that whole last run that we had was really special. Starting from the. Uh, a win at Northwestern. You know, you go win Northwestern in a do-or-die game. You come home, beat Maryland in a do-or-die game. Then go to the Big Ten tournament. Got to win at least one. Another do-or-die. Like, every game we were playing was do-or-die, you know. And so we had this magical run, make the NCAA tournament, you know, get to get to go beat a team like A&M. It was just special. And the only the only thing that's tough about it is, like, it's the NCAA tournament. It's going to come down to one, two possessions. And Texas finished that game really well against us. You know, they just, they went out there and took it and we were right there and it would have been awesome to go out on a sweet 16 or an elite eight or even farther. But so that's, that's the bittersweet part of it. But in looking back on my career, you know, starting in the NCAA tournament, and, you know, winning the play-in, playing Kansas to coming out here and playing the likes of A&M, beating them, playing Texas. Like, some people never make it to the NCAA tournament. I was fortunate enough to win two games in the NCAA tournament, you know, and to start sure. and finish. Like, words can't describe how special that is. If there's one thing you could change, what would it be? Uh... I don't think I would. I don't think I would. You know, I, I I look back and I had a great year of my senior year of high school. I had every award in the state of Washington you could get. I averaged 21, 11, and 5. If I would have played my senior year, would I probably have had power five interest? Probably. You know, if I would have went to prep school for a year, would I would I have had that initially? Probably. But to have this career that I've had has been a really special thing, you know, and I don't think anybody will ever have a career like mine. You know, I'm, I've been joking around lately saying I'm the pioneer of the portal because I think I'm the first guy to ever play and actually compete at five division one schools. 
and who knows if that'll ever be done again. Um, so to have, have all these experiences, meet all these different people, be in different work environments, you know, be in different places on your own. Like I've had lifetimes of experience in this seven year career and to cap it off with all the education as well. Like it's been amazing. And I'll probably write a book or something on it someday because it really definitely should be definitely should be, you know, um, but no, it's been special. It's been really, really special and glad to be a part of all this stuff. And I'm glad that I came to Penn State for my last year because it's a very, very special university to be a part of. Um, so I think you should do wrestling. Wrestling? You got a great per- yeah. When you're done hooping, like, you should do like pro WWE. Wrestling. Yeah. Like w- oh, man. I've never been into it like that. Yo. I mean, it'd be fun. I've yeah. never been into it like that. I'd rather I'd rather yeah. go like try the Seahawks or something. If you were going to give advice to someone like you, because because you know recruiting has changed so much, even during your time in college, right? Like not just because of the COVID year, the transfer portal, and so okay, so you're a high school athlete. You're you in high school. What what would you what advice yeah. would you tell them? Be patient. Be patient. I feel like I feel like a lot of kids um, almost get pigeonholed by schools. You know, these schools are like, well, if you don't commit, we have kids coming in on visits and blah, 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 and this and that and third. And it's like, like these schools really rock with you and they really want you on their team. Like, they're going to wait for you and make it happen. Um, so, you know, you do have buying power as – an athlete, you know, if you're a commodity, somebody's going to really want you and show that to you. Um, but yeah, just be patient, take your time and ask all the questions the best you can, you know, recruiting spiels or recruiting spiels. But ultimately, as you develop these relationships, as you get along in the recruiting process, it eventually shows up, you know, you can tell the real from the fake. And you know, just having the mindset that going into it, it's going to be probably the hardest four or five years of your life, but some of the best four or five years of your life. So take the good with the bad and just enjoy how blessed you really are to be in that position. Okay. What about the portal? What would the advice be to somebody who's putting their name in the portal? <laughs> you better have some numbers or something because <laughs> – the portal can be a great, great tool for somebody that has had a good season, say at a, a low mid-major and they want to move up. Um, but if you're just transferring to transfer and you don't really have stuff to show for and you don't have coaches to vouch for you and this and that, that's how you fall out of it, you know? And so just to be smart about it, like, yes, it's becoming a lot more professional like being in this college atmosphere. However, still got to be smart. You still got to be, you know, learned on what you're doing. And there's no reason to make rash decisions just because you think the grass is greener on the other side. Cause not always is it that way. Um, you've also, so you were at Portland, it was the coaches got fired. So you're, so they got rid of you in the new staff, Denver, you're part of the new team. And then this year, something all new altogether where, 
you guys are so good. Your coach got another job, right? Um, so what's it like? Like yeah. you're at you're yeah. at your apartment. What's it like? Like you're still part of a basketball program, but your coach isn't there anymore. Yeah, we're just kind of floating right now, for real. Like <laughs> it's it's crazy. Uh, you know, we're we're happy for Shrews. You know, we got a lot of love for Shrews, a lot of respect for Shrews. And, you know, he ended up going home. And I think the infrastructure of the NIL is in place for him to go over there and make some stuff happen, you know. Right now at this point with Penn State, just hoping they make the right decision on a coach, you know, bringing a coach that is going to bring excitement to the program, you know, is going to succeed. Like, and I mean, eventually sooner rather than later, got to get the NIL stuff together just because that's part of the game nowadays. Like people are making outrageous amounts of money through NIL. And I, I think the athletes deserve it, but somehow you got to pull that money together to be competitive and being in the big 10 it's a necessity nowadays. You know, what's interesting is you have so many different programs, like even Penn State, you guys are successful, where you have all these, you know, fifth-year guys and transfers. And so the thought is, well, they must have, like, NIL. That must have. But it seems like everyone's like, well, we got to catch up. Okay, so does nobody have NIL? Is it only, you know, 20 teams or so, right? It's like the SEC and then Miami and a handful of other teams. Like, what's what's the actual deal with who actually is getting a uh, big NIL checks? I think most of the Power 5 schools are putting stuff in place. I know Texas A&M has been doing a good job with it. I know even, like, Purdue's done a good job with it. Um, and obviously Notre Dame. Shrewsbury wouldn't have taken that job if they didn't have the resources in place for him. But I wouldn't expect anything less out of Notre Dame. You know, they're very – they poured into their basketball football program for a long, long time. Um, so it makes sense. Um, but – I just, you know, it's an interesting thing. And, you know, like our team, we were blessed because it was a lot of good people coming together. And it wasn't about that type of stuff. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about anything like that. It was about coming together, having a good time with people and, you know, making a statement and making something that will, you know, last for a long time. Um, as this continues to progress, I mean, the the financial portion of it is just, you know, like inevitable, like, it's, it's just going to be it, you know, like guys are going to, if a school is saying, okay, we'll get you 10 grand here, come through. And they're choosing between two schools and the other school says, Hey, we got 60 grand for you. And you're torn between the two. That's enough to, you know, it's enough for a guy to take that other spot. So it's just a changing landscape and it's cool. I'm, I'm happy for all the players, you know, and I, I was saying that to our guys this year too. I was like, you know, we didn't get a whole lot with the NIL, but I hope that this season just makes way for all you guys. Cause if we can lay that path, that would just be amazing to see for the future. So did you keep game shorts from all five stops? I got Denver. I got Portland Jersey. I didn't get stuff from all five. I'm gonna have to call them and get my stuff. Cause I need, you gotta it. get your stuff. You gotta get your stuff. This is the story. Yeah, my, so it was some, I don't know. It was some NCAA, some, I don't know what they were talking about, but I, I mean, there's no point in them having hen jerseys in their back closet. Like I need those, but I'll have my Penn State stuff, Denver stuff. I got a Portland Jersey. So I need, you gotta get your Davis stuff. 
I need my Davis stuff for sure. That's special stuff to me. And the CBU stuff, it's all special, you know? Yep. It's all part of my thing. My jersey collection is going to be crazy. Did you keep the same number at every jet, at every place? Yes. My redshirt year at Cal Baptist, I was number four, but I didn't play. So, you know, it didn't matter. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I think I, I like I like professional wrestling. Okay. Like, dude, you could totally – I mean, think about it. You obviously had the personality for it, right? You kind of already got the hair going. You just kind of got to grow that hair a little longer. Stay in good shape. Work out. You know out. what's crazy? What, what? You know what's crazy? I cut, I cut my hair off. You did? Cut my hair off. How long have you been growing it for? Uh, probably a good year and a half. Maybe less. I don't know. But it's been a while. But I just, like. Once basketball season ended, I was like, I got to just, I got to cleanse this out of me. Like, I got to just restart. This is my, you know, stepping into the next phase of my life. So, the hair was, the hair was part of it. Um, well, you are a legend. First player ever to play at five schools. And you have, I couldn't even count the number of degrees, but that's really cool. And... <laughs> If I can help in any way in the overseas thing, I want to help in the wrestling thing, you let me know. You got my number. And thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, man. Thank you. Pretty interesting, right? right. Seven, year, seven years, five schools, <laughs> and uh, a couple of NCAA tournaments, including finally an NCAA tournament win. My thanks to Mike for joining me. Thanks to you for listening. Download, subscribe, and rate it. Remember, the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, 3 to 5 Eastern time, plus we have a one hour in the bonus podcast. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.